behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black face. Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your host, Stephen Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, November 28th, 2021. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host right down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. <laughs> yeah, I need to bring that back out. Uh I am so sick of turkey. I do not want to see another turkey for at least a year. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I put on probably 25 pounds so far since Thursday. And uh, like I needed it, you know, looking at a man that looks like he's never missed a meal in his life. But, uh, you know, we eat turkey once a year, so I figured I'd get my fill of it. And, well, I got to tell you. Or did you get full? Uh, well, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I have to respond to something in the chat uh, oh. real quick. I, I just got called Mr. Palazzo, and I have to respond with this. <laughs> Mr. Palazzo, okay. <laughs> I have to respond with that. Mr. Papschmeer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, I'll tell you what, I... Uh, 
Well, well, I think we made like a 16-pound bird, and yeah. our company couldn't make it. <laughs> so we had a 16-pound turkey for two. Oh, my gosh. Yes, oh, I'm going to no. be growing feathers, turkey feathers. Oh, I can uh, imagine, dude. I think the next month. The, we got the smallest bird we could find, and I think it was about 12 pounds. And there was three of us because, uh, you know, we, we don't do the family get-together now on Thanksgiving because of the <laughs> coof. But uh, – I am so sick of turkey, but it was really good. It was really good. And Sandy was a trooper. Uh, I'm probably sharing too much, but, you know, the kitchen sink clogged up uh, early morning Thanksgiving. And so she's washing dishes and other sinks around the house. She was a trooper. Uh, yep. Had to work on the dream. <laughs> yep. It was yep. a great Thanksgiving other than other than those two things. And the day <laughs> after, we got a little bit of snow. <laughs> Oh, you you did! Wow. Yeah, I got trace elements of snow. I think it's snowing now, and there's Ooh. maybe a little. Uh, well, let's see. The uh, the girlfriend got home. Uh, fiance got home at what time? Uh, oh, about four o'clock, and there's yeah. about a quarter of inch of snow on her car. Uh oh, so it's yeah, it's that time. It's a balmy thirty-one degrees here, and there's a sign that says snow coming. <laughs> well, I'm like, my my mark was. It's good. But, <laughs> hey, I, I promise you in New York, you're going to have snow soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a guarantee. Surprise hasn't come sooner. Brett knows a little bit about snow, too. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with an atmospheric river right now where oh. the highlands are getting snow. But uh, here in the lowlands, we're getting a lot of rain. You know, I uh, got to watch out for Thomas and Leon up in Canada because all, all their main roads are washing out. So. Mm. Kind of keeping them isolated in, in certain areas. That's rough. Well, let's do the uh, roll call, Chris. Yeah. So we got, uh, let's see, in the chat room. Wow. First in tonight was B. Lynn. Hello, B. Hey, B. And we got Jay Fritz. Hello, Jay. Hey, Bigfoot Jay. Okanagan. Leon, what's Leon, going on? Good to see you. Something to Sasquatch about. That's Sean. Hey, welcome, Sean. And we got Western New York Bigfoot Investigation Group, a.k.a. Joe. Joe's hey, in Joe. the house. Welcome. Uh, do, 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 do. trying wow. to scroll down here, Lester Taylor. Hello, Lester. Good hey, to Lester. see you again, brother. West Coast Sasquatch in the house. Hello, West Coast. And uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to parse too because everybody's talking to me. There's a lot of a chatty crowd yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, well, with tall ones is here. Well, we know he's here. He's down there. <laughs> Hi, guys. There he is. <laughs> Gary Johnson's in the house. Brian and Chewy go hiking. Brian. Hello. Go visit their channel, folks. By the way, Harry Man Hood Winks and Hoax is hi, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Visit yeah. her channel. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of our good uh, friends in here from the from the uh, associated channels. We got quite the network going here. Patty Troy. Hello, Patty. Good to see you. Whit Helen. Good to Whit, see you. Patty. Arthur again. Arthur, watch. Hey, Arthur. And hello, Ar Arthur. Good to see you, brother. Prairie Fire's in the house. Prairie Fire. and Chris with his typical greetings, mortals. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> Bo Sox thirty one thirty one. I am the head usher, okay. and to that I reply, <laughs> "You know, wait for me." I yeah. See, I Welcome. screw up all the time. I know wait for you. You wait for me. There we go. We got that out right. Uh, Bigfoot Society in the house. Hello, hello, Bigfoot. Bigfoot more in the house. Welcome. Coin seven seven seven. Playing the COVID Boy. game. You know, he's probably talking about the Thanksgiving Day uh, massacre. Uh, 
Angel Nolan, hello. Angel, Angel, good to see you. Yeah, welcome. Bigfoot, New York, Todd. Todd, welcome. Yeah, there he is. Life is a flyaway and Uncle Bones, too. Fly, life is a flyaway. I like that. Uncle Bones, too. <laughs> That's a good one. So we got yes. everybody in the house here so far, and it's good to see you all. Welcome to the show. And Glad tonight we have yeah. our good friend from the Tall Ones, Brent. From Washington State. And we want to talk about Washington State Bigfoot here. And we do want to found them up here yet. We do want to get back on the topic of the creatures because the last few weeks we've been talking about other things that have been kind of messing with the uh the Bigfoot world. So we would rather just talk tonight about the creatures. And uh Brent, how my question is very simple. How'd you get started in all this carfuffle of Bigfootery? Uh, it was, uh, just by chance, you know, I just wanted a hobby to kind of get out and cause you know, I'm a business owner, three kids and that pretty much, uh, was most of my life. And I kind of wanted something to, to have on my own to, to kind of go out and explore. And, and I always liked the subject of Bigfoot and, uh, you know, Harry and the Hendersons really made a big impact on me. And, uh, it's just a subject that I've always been fascinated with, but never gave it the time mainly because it's such a taboo subject where, you know, it's not something you really want to go tell a lot of people you're interested in. And, but, you know, I finally decided I'm going to do it. And, and I went, I, I, I explored, I explored it all. I remember the first thing I typed into Google was the difference between a Bigfoot and a Sasquatch. That's kind of where my level was of knowledge. And I just, I just uh, went into the whole community, the, the video, uh, you know, on, on the YouTube channels and really uh, got, got taken aback by all the stuff that you think at the time is Bigfoot uh, evidence or Bigfoots themselves. Uh, and uh, so it was, I kind of got hooked. And, uh, you know, uh, actually, when I first got into it, I was so I just all I really want to do is, is I just kind of want to see one. And and this was around the time when Matt Johnson just had that whole portal incident. And I was actually going to pay him like a thousand dollars just to go have him take me to SOA or wherever to go show me those Bigfoots. That's pre craziness. Like not that was, wasn't always crazy, but that was where it really went off. But went back off. then, but so, did you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I, I was going to pay him. Uh, uh, yeah. I was literally about ready to offer him a thousand dollars. Like, Hey, just take me to your area and show me these Bigfoots. Cause that's all I really kind of have time for. And I didn't really want to kind of explore it all. And, uh, um, and so, but you know, the more I kind of, got into the subject, the more I realized he might not be honest. So I didn't ever make that offer. And at the point I got to the point where it's just, you kind of realize what's going on there. And, and uh, so that was my, one of my first ventures into this subject. Actually, I, I went uh, and met Todd standing when he came here to Seattle uh, back in November, 2015 to show his rough cut for his documentary. Uh, so I met Todd first then that was actually kind of my first introduction. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm really giddy about the whole Bigfooting stuff. And, even Phil for the Mike Patterson Mark stuff, you know, I am and real. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, I was really gullible and naive because I was really trusting of what people were presenting. Cause I thought the Bigfoot community had, had more of their, they were more together. They were more producing solid evidence. I didn't know what it was. And so it's just been kind of a learning experience. And I realized that I have to go out if I want to get the answers and, and see one myself, I'm going to have to go out and do it myself uh, and, and go out and explore. I, luckily I live in an area where, 
you know, it's it's a lot of Bigfoot reported activity up here in Snohomish County, uh, which is uh, a little bit northeast of Seattle. And uh, it's got a lot of history of, of Bigfoot and uh, same with the surrounding counties. And so I just go out and try to put myself in situations where Bigfoots are and done a lot of exploring on game trails, no trails, whatever, you know, just trying to come across one. And uh, I'm, I think I'm like on my fifth or sixth year now of doing that. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of interesting stuff happen, a lot of stuff that people would say is Bigfoot related, but I can't really say that because I didn't see what was creating these different experiences. And so I try to keep my investigation or my journey into the whole Bigfooting thing as bias-free as possible without any confirmation bias or anything in our priming. And so that's why I kind of label things, you know, not Bigfoot because I can't say for sure Bigfoot exists because I've never seen one. And, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's quite the journey. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. The people you can meet, the experiences that you can have out there. And, and it's funny how you didn't realize when you get into this, that you actually have to learn about all these different fields like human psychology or, you know, the, the ecology of the forest and, and all these different things that you didn't think you need to know, but you end up having to learn in order to find out what's not Bigfoot. So definitely been quite the journey. Well, Brent, you know, I know, I know the Washington state, they've got a lot of mountains and a lot of forest. Is, is it, uh, I've never been tromping through the forest. I've driven through there, but I didn't, you know, didn't get out and do any, any field hikes. Uh, are, are the, the, are the forests there, are they all considered rainforests or is that only like in the Northern uh, coastal area, you know, where you have a lot of moss growing on the ground and stuff, a lot of moss on the trees and stuff. Yeah, there's uh, two main mountain ranges in Washington State that Bigfoot is uh, is suspected to be living in. One is the Olympic Peninsula, which is a, a rainforest type uh, right. type forest, and I'm sure everybody knows the Olympic Project. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of good work. Uh, and the other main mountain range is the Cascade Range, which goes all the way from uh, California up to Canada, which is a good pathway. And that there itself is also a rainforest on the west side. Uh, we have the rain shadowing effect. So on the east side of the Cascades, it's pretty much barren. It's dry. It's, uh, you, you know, it's not much going on there. That's interesting. I know I've been all through Oregon and Washington State, and it's beautiful country up there. The whole, I would love, uh, you know, if I had to live somewhere else, I'd love to live there. That's, that's fine yeah. by me. Yeah. One of the areas that I kind of explore is, is the North Cascade mountain range which is they call it the american alps because it's such uh it's it's such a high jagged peaks uh yeah. that uh you know it's just a beautiful scenery all around but so the further north that you go up into washington on the mountain ranges is, is when the mountains start to get a lot higher and a lot more jagged versus uh the rolling hills going down to oregon and stuff yeah which makes, you know, the, the, the passageway of Bigfoot, you know, of where they could go and, and be a little more selective on the routes that they have to choose because they're kind of limited due to the geographic location. Well, it's nice because when you get, uh, you know, if you're driving through and you start going up a mountain, it's like you drive up, up, up forever. And then if you get somewhere on the top to where they have like a scenic overlook or something, Dude, you can see for freaking a hundred miles, and there's like forest and mountains as far as you can see. I can't imagine a, a better place, you know, for them. That's probably why there's been so many sightings in Washington State. 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a lot of places to hide, uh, a lot of places to put a barrier between themselves and and humans that they could easily right. probably flee from. And a lot of a lot of places that have food year round, like especially in the, the lower valley regions is you can usually almost guarantee it's almost you won't get a ton of snow back there. And you'll always have uh, deer, grouse, slugs, uh, the different type of uh, um you know, the plants that they can eat and, 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 you know, anything else that they can forage out there. Uh, Cause I also wonder if they cache their food for the winter season to help, help them kind of get through those, those difficult months. Right. Uh, I would think, you know, if bears doesn't seem to have any problem. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and the bears don't always hibernate here year round either. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing where, you know, you'll you'll see bears even in the dead of winter. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting that, you know, and I, I've heard that too. Bears, you know, there are some, some bears that just don't hibernate because they have no need to. And because of that, they don't have to take in as much caloric intake because bears take a tremendous amount of food when they go to hibernate. Uh, I know a black bear is something around 21,000 calories a day before hibernation. Is going to do that for a couple of a good two months, like me on Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and we got a lot of black bears. It's it's primarily black bears here on the west side of the on the mountain range, and we're kind of fortunate that we don't have any like poisonous snakes or you know anything like down the like you guys like down in Florida and stuff. It's like geez, uh, and gators. Who? Yeah, man. Gosh, I could <laughs> imagine investigating Bigfoot down there. That would just like, it, suck. It's, it's like Florida is jungle, you know, in a lot of places. And the thing about the jungle, just like Australia, there's things there that just want to kill you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's not a, uh, I've spent some <coughs> time, um, uh, not too much in Washington state. I've spent some time, uh, very briefly in Spokane, but, uh, nothing. I used to there. live there. Yep. Okay. There you go. And, okay. uh, spent some, uh, <laughs> Cherry Dietrich, Cherry. Spent some time <laughs> in um, Oregon, which is close to Washington, and it just struck me as, you know, this area where it's just the 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 fertileness of the whole area is just incredible. Why wouldn't the the majority of the population of us, you know, Bigfoot Sasquatch, uh, hang out there because there, there's little predation they have to worry about. There's uh, you know very you know, there's plenty of food, a bountiful, uh, you know, very, you know, mild type of winters. Um, and, and there's people in, in, in Northern California and in, you know, Oregon and Washington, I'll say, what do you mean my moderate, you know, mild winters compared to what we have on the East coast? Pretty mild. Yeah. It's, it, it's not too terribly bad, especially the lower you get to the sea level. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not too terribly bad as far as the winters go. Now, and and I and that's something I, I didn't you know really realize uh, myself for a long time was that that you know your grizzly bear are primarily in that Rocky Mountain zone you know the uh, Montana Idaho uh, you know Wyoming those areas um, that's where the, your your populations of of the grizzly you know move about in uh, in North America not so much on the East Coast not so much on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, so, we don't we we have grizzly bears in eastern Washington. They just tagged, I think, an 11 footer or 1100 wow. pound one last year. Yeah, it was a big one. Uh, but that was on the east side here on the west side. We don't have any grizzly yeah. bears. There's a suspected one that's up in the 
uh, North Cascade range, but the photo that they took is, it could easily be an elderly black bear as well. So uh, yeah, not, not too many know. grizzly bears in this area. Yeah, I don't like bears. I'd rather yeah, have well, snakes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I've encountered like five or six black bears and they always just run away. I, got, I actually got a really cool video last year of a black bear that kind of came into camp and just started eating all the berries off our bush, uh, off the bushes around there. And, uh, you know, it's, it was stupid, but I, got, I was able to get really close to it and, and really kind of uh, really observe it and, and document Ooh. it and smell it and uh, and then just took off. Oh, yeah, they are very they are very skittish. Most black bears. I, I wouldn't mind observing yeah. one if I was inside the car. You know, I might even yeah. roll the window down this much. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I was about ten feet or so, and uh, wow. I got it on. Uh, yeah, I got it on video. It's uh, it's on my channel from last year, and uh, it's really cool because we didn't expect it, and uh, it's an habituated bear because the area that we're at it's on the Mountain Loop Highway, which it's a lot of dispersed camping ground or camping spots along there, and I'm part ah. of a Mountain Loop Highway camping group and i and i posted it in there and to talk about this bear to kind of give warning to other people and, and i was surprised to find out how well known that bear was they actually gave the bear a name elliot uh oh, that's the bear. that's what they called the bear because the it was just such a well-known bear that would come around and that's really cool to humans which is dangerous uh but yeah it's, it's just something that, with the marshmallows and hot dogs yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it didn't seem to care or even come into camp or anything it was just munching down on all those berries that were just plentiful all around there yeah. it was a really cool experience though because the bears that i usually encounter they just they take off you just basically see their ass in running away and and that's pretty much it yeah that's that's the uh the great thing that's why you know, we always walk. When I tell people, you know, when we we go in, don't don't bother trying to sneak around. You know, oh it'll yeah, keep all, it'll keep the bad critters away, and it just makes the 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 tall guys uh, just a little curious on what we're on what we're doing. <laughs> we don't act stealthy. Um, I've watched shows. These guys are walking out in the woods in bear country, and they're 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 all the time. They're walking. They're saying, "Hey, bear, bear, I'm coming through, bear." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you got to do. It's like I get into some shady areas and it's just like you got to just start yelling out for bear because we do have to be mindful. I mean, that's why I carry a nine millimeter with me, not for Bigfoot or anything, but just for the potential animals that you might yeah. encounter are the pinch, yeah. potential crazy person, really. Yeah. Yeah. And like in New York, we have, uh, as, as Joe puts that said, we have an estimated six to eight thousand bears in New York. Yeah, we got about twenty five thousand here in Washington. Roughly. Wow. Yep. Wow, and uh, now we're having uh, uh, 700 and 800 pound class bears. <laughs> oh, yeah! Wow, that's Somebody, a big one right there. Yeah. So every once in a while, I remember years ago, um, a, a black bear ventured into the city of Troy, and it went up a tree. And uh, my God, the cops panicked. They had like the entire like they had like a half square mile blocked off. Oh wow, that's. That's that's funny because every spring here, like, uh, you know, because I live in an area that's kind of budding up close to her, uh, the Cascades there. Every spring we always have bears coming in, like, uh, you know, coming into residential neighborhoods, like uh, mm -hmm. just going into people's backyards, hanging out in people's trees. And and it's funny how everybody responds because I'm part of a local community group and we just kind of post on there or, or they do post on there of the location of the bears, what they're doing and if uh you know if a bear is getting too aggressive or anything and there's never been an issue as far as i know uh of a bear human a bad bear human encounter there was a bad 
uh, human and cougar attack a few years mm -hmm. ago, which resulted in somebody's death, but they didn't do the right things when they came, uh, when they encountered that bear. See here we are encounter that cougar. Here they do a lot about education. What do you do, teach the kids on, what do you do when right. you come across a black bear and all this stuff. And I think that really helped uh, eliminate the interactions, right. uh, violent or bad interactions between humans and bears. Right, makes sense. Now, what do you think, or why do you think that that everywhere there's black bear, um, there's Sasquatch sightings? Do you think there's a correlation? Do you think that maybe some of them are misidentifications? Do you? What well, do you yeah, think? yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there, the black bear is probably one of the most misidentified for Bigfoot animals out there. You can just hear some of the stories how they saw a Bigfoot you know, grabbing a tree and then all suddenly it took off on all fours, you know, and that's a really common thing that bears do. And I even have video of it during my encounter with the bear uh, of them doing that. And a bear will stand up to look at you and look behind a tree. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone says, Hey, look, there's a Bigfoot or Hey, there's a dog man. Dog and man. So I, yeah. yeah. So I, I, <laughs> dog I, I do. Oh, yeah. Then you had pedals, the bear, uh, that bear that was shot in New York area, somewhere over there that showed us that bears can walk on their hind legs for yeah. a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of it is just a misidentification and cause I don't think Bigfoot can actually go down on all fours uh, because of the way their neck is structured. I think it'd be a very difficult uh, formation for them to be in because it's just they they would have to hold their head back so much just to see where they're going. Cause if not, they're just going to knock themselves out running into a tree. That's interesting. I see uh, Curious Cryptids in the chat. Hey, Steve. Welcome. Hey, Steve. Steve. Bud. He's yeah, got I go a out. channel. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do some investigations with him. He's a local guy. He's a really good guy to have have out yeah. there, really smart. And uh, it's good to associate and collaborate with people that are uh, like-minded and have the same goals as you uh, because yeah. it really helps uh, with the progression of the investigation. And, you know, he's a really smart guy that I've learned a ton of stuff oh, off of. Yeah. So when you can have people that can help elevate you up, I mean, it's always a good thing to get those people on board. I, I like some of those, uh, his videos on his channel where he's like driving and showing the, the area. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, one one thing, too, folks, uh, I, I just dropped in the chat. If anybody wants to see a flare of a bear, which clearly, you know, could, right in the prime of Sasquatch area, uh, down in Pennsylvania, I, I put that video in the comments uh, a few seconds ago. So watch that at your leisure. Uh, it's a pretty good therm of a bear uh, actually standing up, watching us, and then as it leaves, it drops on all fours and oh, goes away. Yeah. And when you look at it on a big screen, you can actually see it ungulate. So, yeah, uh, you know, did we think at first maybe we had a Sasquatch? Because think about it. I'm pulling that flare up and, and there it is. Like yeah. it's, it, it's right there. And it, it, you couldn't really see it drop down the first time and it got back up again. So it, it kind of looked and it was behind a hedgerow at first. So you kind of think that what you're seeing is a, you know, could be that something was, that's, that was all in the dark too. And it's see, sorry, correct. You're basically hearing the noise. You're going like, hey, right. What's right. over there. And the FLIR told it all, and then it it, yeah. tur it turned around and dropped on the fours, and yeah. off it ran. And in the video, you can actually see the it, it kind of moves like as it goes yeah. off. And when you yeah. see this kind of movement in a video, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a, the ass end of a bear, or the business end of a bear, whichever you want to call it. <laughs> um, 
you know, uh, yes, uh, we have a few other people that popped in too. I want to say hello to, uh, if I can recall, we, of course, we got Steve Curious Scripted in there. Michael Haywood's in the house. Apparently, he's Hi. been sent in to watch somebody. Don Fuller's in the house. Don, good to see uh -huh. you as well. And uh, Whit Helton is in the house. Hello, Whit. And uh, the No Such Thing podcast. Uh, hello, sir. Cornell. And, uh, Cornell uh, is in the house. So I um, wanted to say hello to them. So, yeah, I... I, I always, you know, wonder about that. In fact, in the in the in the video intro to the show, you see me looking at these tracks, and those tracks are actually bear tracks, and what they are are bear oversteps. And here's a guy that you know is actually a fishing guy who thought he had, you know, kept seeing these Sasquatch tracks, you know, up up in a place in the Adirondacks, and we went out there, and you could tell right by the stride, and uh, you know, it's so important that you know, for researchers to understand. Um, yeah, Bigfoot impersonating a bear. Um, <laughs> it's so important for that or Bigfoot impersonating an owl. <laughs> uh, that's a common one. Before. That's a common one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I thought I, uh, I was actually funny. I was with Steve Curious Cryptid and we were out investigating this area down in down by Mount Rainier earlier this year. And then we we're there talking and then in real time, it sounded like a male and a female Bigfoot just screaming at each other. Uh, but when we re when we listened to it in recording, we were able to hear the owl sound in the middle of it. Uh, but in real time, I could see how somebody would uh, yeah. uh, uh, misidentify that as a Bigfoot because, man, I was like, that was the first time I've ever had an owl scream oh, at me oh, and oh, that close. Oh, oh, right. Uh, no, it was, it was just a, a scream. It was like, oh. Oh wow! And then That's the other, and the other one came back as a, <laughs> oh, and it, literally it was like right there, and I got video on it. Uh, uh, post on my channel if, if people want to look. Uh, Steve did a really good job on cleaning that up, isolating the sounds, and and really bringing out what the sounds were. And and yeah, and yeah, if it wasn't recorded, I might be saying, yeah, I might have had a Bigfoot yell at us or something. But now we, not, we but. now here's the thing, <clears throat> and I would <clears throat> suggest to uh, Steve go to BirdNet, uh, Bird.net, drop that recording into bird net and it'll tell you what kind of owl it was yeah i think he or i think he did yeah because okay. he did a lot of the, the back end work of it and uh, i think that's that's kind of what he, he did and steve he, says he it was the, the murdered woman sort of scream yeah <laughs> and and the thing is and the thing is i was the one that uh because uh, steve and his wife were only there for a short period of time and i was the one that had to stay there overnight uh by <laughs> myself <laughs> that night so that was a fun one Oh my God! You leave me there by itself <laughs> all night long in that tent doing the Blair Witch thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, Brent. That sounded like somebody being murdered. Well, I guess it's time for me to go home. <laughs> Have a nice uh, night, buddy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was cool because uh, I was actually him and I were together another time when we recorded uh, these coyote serenade of you know sound. You know, people would easily misidentify that as a Bigfoot as well, saying, "Oh, I heard yeah. Bigfoot out there," and and form a whole belief off of it or uh you know the, the other thing is the infamous fox shrieks mm. foxes oh, yeah. make some horrendously yeah. screeching noises Terrible. sound like women screaming uh, babies so, crying everything it's like uh you know I, i've heard of before uh my uh, my dad and i actually when i was a uh uh i don't know if i was a tween at 12 13 years old and there was screaming. Did you just like, use the word tween? Yeah. Tween. No, I think there he did. Is, <laughs> 12 or 13. And uh, 
there was some screaming across the road. We were like, what the heck? And then we hear like, eh, 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 like a baby crying. Like, oh, shit. You know, we got to go check this out. Maybe some lady, you know, got her kid out there lost or something. And we went over there and sure enough, it was a, it was a, uh, what do you call them? A, a, a herd, a pack or whatever of foxes. And they were making all kinds of wild noises. And uh, I, uh, dad said, I've never heard one do that. And it, it, it was interesting. Well, that's why we, yeah, that's why I always tell people if you don't see it, you really can't, you know, right. you shouldn't really just believe it's a Bigfoot because yeah. like coyotes alone can make over 150 different sounds that they know of. So, you know, there's a lot. And when somebody says, oh, I, I've been out in the forest my whole life. I know every sound the coyote makes. It's like, no, you don't. That's a, that's a spoken of ignorance there because nobody knows all of the sounds a coyote makes. Even the experts themselves say they don't know and are still constantly learning and stuff. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Well, when we were doing that 24-7 recording project here. There it is. Foxen. Foxen. Okay, Foxen. <laughs> when we were doing the 24-7 recording project, uh, one time about uh, two or three in the morning, something like that, we got something came through. Off in the distance, it sounded like a baby crying and, and moved. And there for a day or two, I was like, hey, this might be something. And then, I don't know, sometime later, I realized, no, wait a minute. No, no, foxes can make that noise, too. So, uh, but what foxes can't do, Chris, hmm. is punch a hole or rip a door off when the doorknob <laughs> is seven and yeah. a half feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty Might good, need his man. buddies for that one, but yeah, that seems like a tough one for a fox to do. That, that's, that, that stumped the state trooper, too. And <laughs> a lot of people don't know that story, but that's how I came to meet Chris investigating yeah. that particular. Uh -huh. Uh, thing uh, yeah. he, he, between his twenty four seven recording project and the <laughs> the, uh, the the trailer door would be on his property. Yeah. Uh, he had this old trailer out in the yeah. Out, uh, well, it's out a little piece of it's out on the back side of the farm. A little piece yeah. of woods back there, nothing major. On the other side of the the woods is an open field and then another bunch of woods. Okay, and uh, we we always had problem keeping people that those we had two rental mobile homes of trailers. And we always had problems keeping people in that one. It would be like, you know, they'd stay there for a month or so, and they'd be like, you know, I've heard some weird stuff over here in the woods. You know, wow. the, the woods are like 400 feet long. You know, you didn't hear much. <laughs> Can't be much <laughs> over there. There's all, there's also a Hey, good night, there. Gary. Thanks for stopping in and uh, catch Thanks. the rest of the podcast. Later. And uh, so during the, between the times, you know, people would stay for a month or two, then they'd leave. Then we'd have another person come in. They'd stay for a month or two, then leave. And between so, the, the rental times, uh, somebody had broken in, we thought. And uh, they had the state police come over there to make a police report for the insurance. And uh, the uh, the back door of the glass had been bust, busted in. And somebody had pulled the door out and pulled the, actually pulled the frame uh, of the door out. And yeah. just made a mess. And where they did it was like really high up. I don't know. Steve had a, I took a picture of Steve. Steve's got a picture of, uh, of him standing there. It's really high up. Yep. I don't think an average person would be able to do that. But uh, it was cool. The state police said, I don't understand. This glass has obviously been broken in. He said, why would they reach over there and unlock the door and just open it rather than break the glass in and then pulling the door off the hinges, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, you uh, always get those uh, those mysteries out there. 
Don't know. So, yeah. Curious Crypto says those bird ID site websites aren't all that good. Well, BirdNet, I have tested with birds that I know we know what they are. I I, I know uh, at least uh, you know three or four birds I've tested them with, and they come out with the top rated one every single time. And then I uh, like, for example, I heard a, a, a an owl one night. I'm sitting here at my desk, and I hear this owl. And very used to, in my area, hearing the barred owl. And instead, I was hearing a different type of owl. And I knew what type it was. It was a great horned owl. So I put it in. I, I, I record it real quick, put it into BirdNet. And, uh, and, of course, it came up. Great horned owl. So, yeah, on that that's, that site, you submit a sound sample, right? And then it Correct. matches it up for you, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's pretty. And, cool. and then, and then another one was uh, where we, I was analyzing this video we had gotten audio we had gotten in Vermont back in 2017, and uh, there was something definitely howling, um, which BirdNet did not come up with a hit for, uh, and it was being something else was yelling as well while this thing was howling, almost in response to it, and I don't know if one was feeding off the other. So I run this other sound in here I was not familiar with, and it turned out it was a screech owl, which is yeah. indigenous to the area we were in. Yeah. Not my area, but the area we were in. Yeah. So that was very, uh, uh, very uh, interesting. And I, I've run a few other birds too. And the big, the big thing is, is just matching the bird up. If the test is, is looking at it and then, you know, turning around, seeing is this bird actually in the area? And every single time, it's gone. It's been a hit. So, yeah. you know, I, I gotta say, I, BirdNet is by far the most accurate one, and they also have an app for the phone as well. So, you can actually download a BirdNet thing, and if you hear a bird, you can actually record it right off your phone. Turn around. And have it analyzed right off the phone if you have well, an inter- if you that's, have a- that's kind of handy too because some sometimes birds end up in areas like pass I suppose passing through that right. they're not normally supposed to be there and you'll hear something that's different and you're like wow what is that <laughs> it, it's, yeah it's it's really a cool way there's some other other stuff you use, uh, I use too now uh, you know thanks to uh, this guy here uh, uh, tactical <laughs> hey, hey Mike. Mike. And grasshoppers in the house too. Hello, Alan. Grass. And it's, it's, uh, and something to Sasquatch about is in the house as well. Yeah, yeah that's Sean. Welcome, Sean. So uh, uh, one of the things he's shown me is, is, of course, the 3D mapping type of program. That's really cool. And another um, neat one is this plant identification. So I can go out and take a picture of a plant, and it will identify the plant type for me, which is really good for survival. You know, as long as you have a, a signal, I guess you really don't need it for survival. But as you go through the forest, you start taking pictures of these. You can eventually, if you don't have a signal, start identifying what you're looking at, you seeing what's edible, see what has nutrients in it. Right. You know, you, you're wondering what could be a food source for a Sasquatch. Well, start taking picture pictures of your local fauna and running it through this app. And, hey, why wouldn't you know? It's got some, some uh, nutri- nutritional value. That's so. that's 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 a project I've been wanting to do for a long time is to go through the area here and pick out all the viable food source for a Bigfoot to choose from all the way from plant based up to uh, uh, animal, you know, uh, on all everything in between that Bigfoot 
has opportunity to eat when they have to eat it and everything to really kind of help dial in that, you know, there could be a population of Bigfoots yeah. living out there and the calories that they need are out there. Yeah, that's um, smart. Yeah. Not only uh, to determine what the, the Bigfoots could be living on or Sasquatch could be living on, it's good to know stuff. What can you eat in your local area? That's good for you to know. <laughs> no, it's it's true. And, you know, you're already out there. And, and I don't know, Bigfooting yeah. is kind of incredibly boring sometimes unless Bigfoot really shows himself. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's a good thing to do while you're out there too. But you know you're uh, they because people already say, hey, just act like a camper or just act like you're doing whatever. Don't act like you're looking for them. And right. you know maybe that will work. Maybe that's how I'll get yeah. my sighting. I, that's what you know. I used to love going out and just finding a spot, uh, get a, a few miles away from the any main roads and find a spot, sit down, lean back against the tree. And just listen mm -hmm. to nature, you know, and, and enjoy it. Take in your surroundings. Enjoy it. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and again, I, I, it's it's time for a quick educational break here. Uh, if you haven't got one of these and you're out doing research, make sure you have one of these. And that's Peterson's Guide to Animal Tracks. Uh, Another book I have, too, as well, is the Tracker's Handbook. So uh, written by. Yeah. So, and of course, this is also very important to have is a predation ID manual. So if you Everybody do come should across be familiar, should be familiar with right. the, what animal tracks in their, their home area look like, yeah. but you know, that that's going to get you because if you go somewhere else and they've got different animals, okay. And you look at something on the ground, right. uh, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Badger. <laughs> <laughs> You know, somewhere I have a picture of me examining a deer that we had come across, uh, and, and most of it was gone. And I took a look at the, um, uh, it was very easy. The first thing I took a look at, I saw the legs, and somebody says, oh, look, the right legs have been ripped off. I go over to the legs, and I look at it, and it's very clear that they have been sawed off. Mm. So that's telling me. And, of course, I take the I take this pelt that was left behind, I start looking for it. And I find a nice little hole in it, which obviously was some bullet wound. Uh, uh, bullet wound. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you know, there's so many hobbies built into this hobby. I mean, everything from yeah. track casting to, I mean, you can. What's not to say that you come across a coyote track or and you want to cast it? Why not cast it if you have casting material, right? And you come across a good bear track, a good coyote track, cast it. Cast it because it's important, one, to get the practice in. And two, it's kind of a neat collectible. Hey, you know, I was out and I got this bear track or I got this fox track or I got this, you know, whatever track you get and keep a collection. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, something that that's something I want to do more is, is to cast more of the animal tracks that I come across because uh, there's a there's a particular area that I go that is really good for <laughs> man. We just come across all types of bear tracks or bear and, cougar any type. So Don, so Don Fuller asked if, and I don't know if it's a serious question. Do they have Bigfoot featured in them books, and I know what he's probably getting at. Like, what's the importance of learning that when you're looking for a Bigfoot? Because yeah. You have to rule out the known before yeah. the unknown. And that yeah. is, you know, including predation because a primate will definitely 
have predation definitely different than a bear or or you know yeah. the ursa or the the feline the cat or a a uh, canid a wolf a fox a coyote so well, you know you have also to be, uh, black bear and uh, you know I've I've been told that grizzlies do that too but we don't have any around here so I can't confirm that firsthand but black bear will tend to walk uh, they'll put one one print and, and like the right front and the left left rear will go on the right front uh, yeah yeah overlaps the, it. The black so you bear end up that. instead of having two short tracks you'll have one track about this long with uh, pretty decent uh, looking toes on there. So it's, it's, you need to know. And I guess it's a beer once. Does that count? Well, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you know, if you're looking at a bear track, uh, more than likely it's going to have some, if you look up in front of the toes, there are going to be some little marks in the ground. Like, oh, claws. Yep. Yeah. And, and double steps are notorious. And one of the mm. tells, and, and Brad, I don't know if you've seen this, but one of the tells of a bear step is the bend. You know, and I've seen oh, people yeah. with these casts, and I oh look at my Bigfoot track, and they're like this. Yeah, you know, and so that's uh, a weird you know, looking Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, right. you'll see this I, foot I, that bends. Triple foot. Yeah, I, I come across uh, double bear tracks, uh, you know, every so often and stuff, and I got some really good pictures of some, and I got this one in the snow that I got in February uh, 2017. Uh, that uh, I mean, it looks like a human print, you know, it really does, but you know, it's most likely a bear print, double print. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit. What is the, you know, have you talked to many witnesses? Uh, yeah, well, actually, I, I was just down with a, a eyewitness, Jay Birch, who had an experience where him and his wife, uh, well, he saw one and him and his wife had these different experiences. And I went down there. It's uh, just south of Mount St. Helens. I was there, I think, into September or whenever. And, uh, you know, and just went out and he showed us the area where he had his sightings and, and, uh, you know, we got to walk around and, and really kind of see in depth of where it all happened. And so I try to talk to people who've had uh, encounters quite often. Uh, I just met this guy who uh, who runs Skagit Museum, a Skagit Bigfoot Museum. And uh, he's a really good guy who has a lot of contacts that uh, come in. Uh, Look at Don's yeah. comment there. <laughs> too soon for the porcupine. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Too soon. Um, and hello to Rod. Rod's in the house. Rod, welcome. And Donna says, I've cast prints and it's definitely a trial and error experience. Well, good for Donna. you, Donna. Keep at it. The more well, you I know cast, there's the better a, you get. I know there's a lot of debate with the prints on if you should flicker the hydrocal or whatever in there or if you just do a straight pour. I know there's that debate among Bigfooters on the best approach to casting the track to preserve, help preserve the dermal ridges. Okay, so the method I've learned is you you take it and you you kind of hand feed it in, and once you get okay. that once you get that first layer in, you know, nice and even, then you can start pouring a little bit, you know, not to the point because if you pour it at a too much of a tilt, it starts hitting the bottom of that and disturbing that. So once you get your your you hand feed your your first layer in, and then what I do is I very calmly, lightly pour the rest in and you know if it takes five or six passes to do it so be it you know you don't want to just go yeah do, do you use a, a spray to uh like a hairspray or, or something i have to not help? I, I have not but uh i'm actually going to try that going forward and uh so pre, pre, I, I, prior I, to this spring i'm going to get some 
some ultra cal and i'm going to get some hairspray i think um, that's or, a good I, idea. or i can buy the commercial you know fix product because yeah. i'm gonna you know i i why not just get the the stuff that's right for the the environment you know get the yeah I, actually i i did a video i think uh late last year early this year i went to a bigfooter uh his name's ben freed with bigfoot ops and uh he was showing us how he does casting and he uses a. Uh, he shows us i forgot what he used but uh how he sprayed it down first and uh i think he's more of the or no i think he's the flicker effect you know he likes to flick it on there i can't remember i get people mixed yeah, up I, i'd be i'd be worried that, that you know as you're flicking it in the 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 pressure of the flicks may destroy some of that evidence that that mm -hmm. would be my only concern I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong uh, yeah i don't even know concern. it's just, yeah, it's just one of the many we just want well, just something to, to debate about <laughs> for real, I, I think the hairspray idea is uh, a relevant and a very good idea because i made a uh well, scott uh, and i made a casting on the uh, on some tracks we found in the blue springs creek here in kentucky and what we did, I used a dental stone, and which I really do. I really like that stuff. It dries fast and it dries hard. Uh, you can put it on thin, you know, and uh, it, it dries really good. But when the track was done, okay, and then, of course, you got to destroy, when the cast was dry, you got to destroy the ground where the track was at and kind of dig under it. Uh, it was a pain in the rear to get all that dirt off of the face of the casting so you could actually see the the cast you know uh and after after i thought about that i had seen people had been using hairspray i'm i'm, I'm thinking that that hairspray would keep that from sticking to the loose dirt so much you know that you might be able to just uh brush it away without having oh, really we could probably have to eventually wash it off wash yeah, all yeah. the loose loose yeah. off yeah but i would definitely you know, I make some videos, guys, of, of uh, you know, using that process, you know, because I'm all about education and showing other people. You know, right. if you look on my channel, a lot of it is just highlighting other people and what they do and stuff. And, uh, you know, you know, but to get good information like that out, I think it's really important, especially for the people coming into the subject to really yeah. learn how to do it. Because if somebody can go out and get like <clears throat> that perfect track with the perfect derma ridge, dermal ridges, right. because they saw what you guys were doing. I mean, it's just going to be a win win for us all. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to just pull up uh, baby powder. Uh, yep, that's a good idea, Mike. Baby powder. Uh, something to keep it from sticking to the dirt that you're actually casting. That, that's the thing. So uh, if anybody's settled. interested over at the uh, Squatch D University, we've got some uh, stuff about, uh, you know, advice of when to track cast, when not to, casting methodologies. Oh, wow. Uh, including uh you know yeah you know uh, you know basically again it's a it's an evidentiary scene so you know i'm really big into okay preserve the scene integrity evaluate the scene what kind of soil how much moisture is present how deep are the prints uh <clears throat> you know measure your scene do a sketch select the print you intend or prints you intend to cast right. uh you know ziplock bag or bucket the need the mixture yada 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 yeah. So you casting what you choose to cast with is really important yeah. uh, because some of that stuff can take like well over an hour <laughs> to dry. So you're sitting around there twiddling your thumbs, uh, waiting for this stuff to, to harden up. Um, some of it dries quicker than that, you know, uh, 
Yeah. Well, it just comes down to knowledge and, and figuring out, dialing in the best approach to casting tracks and stuff. And I admit it's not something I have a ton of experience. Ah, in. Uh, what a good question. And uh, for folks in the chat, if you have a question you want read on air, make sure you just do it in caps. Uh, it makes us a, it makes it a lot easier for us to spot. Yeah. Um, as the chat scrolls some up. Some of us can't see that well. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, that's me. <laughs> well, actually, you know, the funny thing is, is I, you know, Chris, I don't know if you know, but a week and a half ago, I had eye surgery. No, I didn't my, know that. On, on my uh, right eye. Kept kept it a secret from yeah, me. Yeah, I did keep don't it a do secret. that. Yeah, that, that was fine. I, you know, uh, and uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, Tuesday, I have eye surgery on this one. So, uh, it's actually. Turned out okay? Uh, Can you see? Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, it, what it was was uh, to re relieve. Uh, some pressure on my eyes and uh, actually it, it that pressure for years for years now uh, has always been above normal uh, for as long as I can remember and what it did was I believe it's uh, kind of caused an, an astigmatism because I had astigmatic eyes even though mm -hmm. I can see very well at distances since I've had this eye done uh, like five or six hours later when the blurring family stopped I, I had my surgery. I took a nap. I got up. I, oh, I can see again. Beautiful. Ah. And uh, so I went to get my prescription eye drops that you do post surgery. Right. And um, I'm like, I can actually see better. So I'm really excited to get the left eye done. Yeah. You know, a little bit of pain involved, but nothing, no, nothing well, horrible. Worth it. But yeah. Um, and it wasn't to correct my vision. It was actually to reduce the pressure in the eye. And what it did was it actually improved my vision because it was affecting the astigmatism. Right. So, you know, so it's like since then my eyes have been like, like, wow, I can. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But uh, Patty uh, Troy asked a question. Um, might be a stupid question. There are no stupid questions nope. here, Patty. Nope. Ask away. That's right. We love questions here. We love participation. Uh, but is it possible to get DNA from a print? Absolutely. Yes. Now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, as What's the, the price uh, tag, though? What's the price tag of that yeah, bad boy? Uh, yeah. 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 There's something called eDNA. And uh, what, what it is, is that anytime a print is made, um, be it a handprint or be it a footprint, now, and this is the amazing thing, and it, it's, uh, you know, I hate to be a criminal now. If you were a criminal way back when, now you're even more paranoid because you leave one fingerprint behind. That your fingerprint contains oils, and now with an eDNA sniffer, they can extract that oil to get your DNA from. So yes, uh, it is possible if it's a fresh enough print and it hasn't been exposed to the elements for too long. That if there's a print. That yes, they can do an eDNA sniff on it, and to see, you know, if there's any oils left, and to DNA, you know, type that. Um, of course, it's very expensive for the eDNA. It's probably as expensive as DNA testing was 20 years ago. So you're going to have to wait a little while, probably the next 10 years or so, and that eDNA price will probably drop as it becomes more commonplace and more. Uh, police agencies use that technology because that's really what dropped the price of DNA technology is because of the demand. And when yeah. demand is high, prices come down. So, yeah. 
I have in, high in a hopes. service type of way. I have high hopes for eDNA studies on Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I think that's how we're going to find them through their DNA. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, because apparently you could uh, get like a but, sample from a lake even and find right. out all the animals that came in contact with it. Right. But here's the beautiful thing. That was not a dumb question at all. It was a great question. Yes, it was. That yeah, was. Another Very question, good. wouldn't it be contaminated in dirt or vegetation for a DNA sample? No. No. No, because now... Uh, Only if you lick it. Yeah, 20... 20 yeah. Yeah. Well, 20 years ago... <laughs> yeah, 20 years ago, um, as long as it's not... You can put DNA on top of DNA, uh, and they have ways now of separating that. But if it gets mixed then it'll be contaminated. But if something's on vegetation, they can lift it from off the vegetation or they can lift it by a layer. Yeah. 25 years ago, they couldn't do that with DNA. It'd be contaminated. So a sample would be no good. Sample would be too small. The sample, you know, there's so many different things. <clears throat> now they can find DNA in the smallest of samples. And the technology that, keeps getting better. It's yeah. expensive now. But like I say, the hope is that over the years it'll come down. Right. With the eDNA, they're getting you can get a very minute sample and they can get a reading on it, and that's really great. But yes, there are a lot of times yeah, that yeah, especially if there's other animals that may walk over that print. Um, yes, yeah, so you can get you can get contamination as well. So yeah, that's uh, Squatch talks that eDNA won't happen without a bridge to get those professionals interested. Well, that's true. Very true, <laughs> but some of them, you know, some of them maybe maybe come along. Uh, take well, of course, that's going to make their name. Look at uh, Dr. Brian Sykes. You know, he, well, he made a name for himself uh, with yeah. uh, DNA studies. Yeah, I'm sure um, he was he was already an influential influential person, but uh, uh, you know, he became a household name among the Bigfoot people there. Uh, Raptor Crazy wasn't there a DNA study group? Uh, the psych study was doing it for free. The yeah. Ketchum study was not. <laughs> yeah. We won't get into that mess. Yeah. Um, You'd sign it over to him, too. You lost ownership. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, thanks. Yeah, we'll do your, you, you can pay us and we'll do your DNA, but you can't talk yes. about it. Well, you know what? I really liked, uh, I heard Steve Curious Crypto talking about the other day how he was looking into home DNA kit or home DNA uh, labs uh, that, you know, individuals could set up because he came in contact with somebody that is doing that with, uh, with, uh, mushrooms. I think they're trying to do something with it, but anyway, so, uh, this was all pre COVID and he was talking about setting up a little lab to kind of do, uh, testing on it. You know, I'm sure it's not like eDNA, but that there would be a really good thing for the Bigfoot community to have an, a lab like that, you know, to, and ran right. by somebody who is capable of running it, uh, uh, for the Bigfoot community to uh, to really run samples off of. And then if we get one that's really far out there, like, wow, this could be Bigfoot, that's when we can all chip in to throw in the eDNA type of thing. Well, yeah, Steve, uh, Curious Cryptid Steve is a uh, uh, an engineer and he has an academic background. So uh, Yeah, I, I think he, I, uh, I think he's definitely <laughs> one person that can that could put that together. And I definitely Steve, encourage you, him to. You would be a good one to do this. Yeah, if anybody and I definitely... Here. Yeah. And I definitely encourage you, Steve, to uh, to look into that more. And and, uh, you know, uh, if it's something that, you know, it, it is uh, getting up there in price, you know, maybe, you know, it's something the community can kind of help out with, because I think that that would just be a huge thing for the community itself to run these kind of samples off of just so we can kind of just dial things in. Because uh, I really think that's what it's all about. 
And if you need to connect with a really good guy that has a good grasp, probably one of the best grasps I've ever heard of, of DNA, aside from uh, Brian Sykes, is Dr. Haskell Hart. Yeah, Dr. Hart. And, and Dr. Hart, one. and he's had a Bigfoot encounter. Sure. So he definitely would be a good one to reach out uh, for. And he's very, very um, communicative and, uh, and reachable uh, on Facebook. So give a shout out to him if... Uh, you're thinking about it because, you know, he would be a good person to partner up with that. Because well, he did a really good job with the uh, uh, Melba Ketchum book that yeah. he wrote to really kind of help show that you know the errors that she had in her in her uh, in her study. Uh, yeah. I didn't read the book, but I heard it was I really have. good. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, he did, he discussed the loopholes in detail here. It's pretty yeah. good. It's it's a good yeah. show. If anybody hadn't caught that show, he, he's it's uh, we've got it on Squatch DTV episode, right, Steve? Yep. If you give me a second, I'll try to find it. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, that's when things really kind of start getting over my head, like getting above my credit grade. You know, it's like my eyes start to gloss over when when an in-depth study of DNA uh, comes out. I'll, I'll just ask Steve. I'm like, you know. I'll trust what Steve says about it. He's like, oh yeah, it's good, not good, or whatever. Because <laughs> I'm well, I can't, I can't get into that. There's a lot of technical jargon that that goes yeah. along with those DNA studies. Yeah, you? it's not my thing. Yeah, it's, I'm the kind. I'm, I'm more the type of guy to go out there into the forest to try and get those samples versus trying to do all the back end stuff. I'm just really not interested in it, anyways. Well, it's not beyond your understanding, Brent. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's not, but it's like, it, where do I want to put my time at in this subject? If yeah. I already know, if I'm already associating or collaborating with people who have that skill level right. and right. are very trustworthy, you know, it's like I want to put my time and effort into into uh, going out getting more samples or or you know yeah. whatever type of thing and yeah and stuff. Because oh, you know, you it's, it's, yeah. there it is. It's kind of harsh, but it came out a couple of months ago. Yeah, well, we'll get him back on too. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Um, and just so people know, <clears throat> I did post the link to the uh, episode, I believe, 38 of Squatch DTV. God, 38. That was some 47 episodes ago, Chris. 47 42. episodes ago. <laughs> um, so there you go. <laughs> 42, yeah. <laughs> Good old so, Magic yeah. 42. It's right. the answer to everything. Right. And if you get that reference, you are awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, we started we started talking. Somebody mentioned something here earlier. Uh, somebody mentioned about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, you mentioned about non-disclosure agreements. We're not talking about non-disclosure agreements today. We talked about enough of the non-disclosure agreements on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so. <laughs> And in case you're wondering, there'll be a whole series of videos on that real soon. And then uh, it, it, just so I'll do a shout out to uh, Joe over there at uh, uh, the uh, Western Bigfoot, uh, New York Bigfoot Investigation Group. Um, go visit his channel and watch the Thanksgiving show. Uh, if you get into it, maybe at the two hour, 15 minute mark. 228. Uh, 228. Yeah, oh, I knew you guys had a marathon going on. 228. No, no, no. Um, actually, all the fun didn't start till the two hour and 28 mark, oh, minute okay. mark. Oh, yeah. And it lasted for about another 56 minutes before that individual decided to hang up. Oh, and, yeah. uh, 
I, I was I was here watching uh, watching a movie and stuff, and I started getting all these messages like, "Hey, just check this out," and all this stuff. And I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And uh, so I was talking to Nikki about it a little bit, and and I watched. I'm like, "Wow, that was uh, incredible." Yeah, so we'll give you a shout out. I don't know if Joe's still in here. He's probably falling asleep because he's been on. He does his show, and then he usually pops over to Nikki's show. And uh, today, I just wanted—I was busy puttering around doing things and uh, getting stuff up to uh, getting ready stuff ready for uh, the download of the week. Uh, because, as you know, I I try to do a midweek uh, cut. So the only bad side of things usually I do that on my extra day off during the week. But uh, I'm going to be in eye surgery, so I don't know how good I'm going to be. You know, actually, it'll be like this. Uh, you know, yeah, there you go. Just do an eye patch or something. Yeah, everything yeah, will right? look. Uh, <laughs> um, and whoop. And hello, Norma. Good to see you, Norma. Norma, welcome. There he is. Yeah, he's still awake. See, there he is. He's a trooper. <laughs> trooper. And the first part with me and Sean was pretty good too. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I was like surprised that like like that the uh, the long uh, discussions that they're having. I actually listened to the whole four hour and something one so with, one of the with, four hours. I think there's a couple of them. Uh, somebody said that just developed a new DNA machine. Say they can get DNA within minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've seen something like that too. I mean, it's just amazing what they can do with DNA now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because that's going to probably have to be the thing that's going to really help blow this subject wide open is uh, DNA that is really something that you can't dispute, that these experts can't dispute. And uh, it was collected properly. It wasn't collected by somebody's hand, throwing it in a sandwich bag and throwing it in their back pocket. You know, Uh, you know, it's something that's collected properly. And, you know, the discussions are being had of how to collect it properly now. So you know, we're getting closer and we just need to get the prices down so it's more accessible to us. And I think the one having one on Steve's uh, facility there would be a, a really good option for the Bigfoot community because, man, we just need to do something. It's what, 50 something years since the PG film and we can't really get that close anymore. I think mainly because we don't have a lot of people out there for three weeks at a, on end, right. you know, doing it like they did. Uh, that, sure. That's a real problem. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we don't have our, our making success because a lot of them are just the people like me. It's just the weekend warriors go out for a weekend or maybe a week-long trip, but nothing to the extent of uh, a real three-week-long uh, living there, right. no shower. So, so Leon is trying to stir the pot a little bit. Can you share your new superpower? <laughs> <laughs> These guys know what my new superpower is. Yeah. Coming. Um, and it's not well. Yeah, actually, I, I can say uh, it has been. <laughs> should I play a little play on words? It's been very eye-opening uh, to <laughs> uh, to uh, uh, to learn some of the stuff I've learned. I'm actually uh, taking a very interesting course uh, um, by behaviorists, and uh, well, actually, a couple are actually uh, PhD behaviorists and a. Another one is an army intelligence interrogator. So uh, very, uh, very interesting stuff I'm learning. And um, uh, I had learned it's something you you baseline people and uh, then you watch how different things they react to and when they speak and all that wonderful fun stuff. And uh, I had 
uh, when Thanksgiving, I had just had the baseline observations, but I started watching the reactions I was getting on Joe's show from the, you know, one of his guests. And it was very, very revealing. And then as I did more of my modules for the course, I was able to take, and that's what I was doing a lot of the day today was taking some of those snips and actually looking at the, the, the facial expressions and understanding what they meant in reality, because everything is so primordial when it comes to facial expressions and, and gestures and, uh, you know, things like regulators and adapters and effective displays and all this fun stuff. So, boy, there's going to be some really interesting uh, videos coming down the pipeline real soon. And he makes an excellent test subject because there is no doubt he's not being truthful. So, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is uh, it's something that he presented and brought to the public, double down on it uh, the day after, a couple of days after. Uh, you know, and so it's a great example for us to learn from of, you know, to help identify, you know, some of the shenanigans that goes on. And it gives people the tools themselves to to better vet people and evidence out themselves by understanding what to look for. And that it actually does happen in this subject. And I think that's one of the big things people have to overcome is the realization that this does happen. People will lie to you straight to your face and, and call you a friend. And you have to get used to that, you know, because yeah. it happens more than people realize. Yeah. You know, uh, and Chris, in, in the pre-show, we were talking about some of this. And uh, Chris had mentioned something about, you know, well, what about other? So there, there, there's something in that field called emblems, which are basically, uh, are, are, you know, regional differences. Like, for example, this in the Arabic world means something else. It doesn't mean, hey, everything's good means completely a flip flip meaning same thing with this right so they mean something yeah you you know chris you know what yeah. they mean in arab in yeah. the arab yeah. so they mean something completely different so to my folks that watch out there in the arabic world i wasn't meaning we're not doing that on purpose i mean yeah, not, that was, not intended well, not those, were, those were the american meetings not because yes, we're trying arabic to explain meetings. that to the uh, stupid americans <laughs> um, but yes it's and if people wonder why i said that is because this show does get translated into yeah. 20 different languages and believe yeah. it or not yeah um it believe it or not we do have a, a pretty interesting they don't watch us necessarily live but uh we do have quite a following in uh you know like i gotta say in about seven or eight different countries right now so that's kind of cool the channel's kind of going so while i'm here uh, something else uh i'd like to announce is that we're going to be doing uh, uh we have an affiliate and um and and this is something that all my youtube buddies may want to uh help to improve their channel because i know and chris can even see the results because chris and i look at our stats after the show before the show yeah. stuff like that and uh, so now it's time to, to pay some bills, I suppose. But uh, you okay there, Chris? Ah, get smoke in my ass. Smoke in your eyes. People smoke on the water. <laughs> Stupid people smoking around me, getting smoke in my eyeballs. Anyway, uh, sorry, I had to do that. Got <laughs> <laughs> ready to rock uh, out, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you, you missed something the other night on Thanksgiving, actually. 
people did hear me rock out a bit because I uploaded a uh, a, a audio to StreamYard of my old band from years oh. ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, back to paying the bills. So, anyways, anyway, folks, we're we're gonna have an affiliate uh, uh, sponsor affiliate, and that's gonna be our buddies at TubeBuddy. And uh, what they do is they help us grow this channel. And how nicely it squares up next to Chris. Look at that. Chris, you want to point at that? Like oh, other way. Wrong way. There we go. <laughs> I have this. The camera is backwards for me. So. Yeah. So if you have any YouTubers out there, want to check it out, give it. it you do get a, a free trial on it. It's really not that expensive to subscribe to it. And it gives you a lot of different stuff on there. And just go to uh, tubebuddy.com forward slash squatch detective. That's right. We'll keep that grant. We'll keep that scroll up for a few minutes. You guys want to check that out? It's pretty good. To, a lot of good cool. info. Uh, it, it tells you what your channel's doing and what, Not what it that. can it tell, do. It, 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 it looks at your channel and yeah. tells you what you're doing wrong and why it's not growing. Yes. So that was, the, that was, that was the cool thing. I should definitely look at that because I've never checked any sort of analytics on my channel of, of anything. I just, uh, I just noticed like either subscriber numbers will go up or down and yep. that's all I really know. <laughs> and and there, there's ways, you know, there, there's like lots of things on, on descriptors and yeah. tags and all that fun stuff. So check it out. TubeBuddy.com forward slash Squatch Detective. Now let's get back to the show where everybody yeah. wants to hear about Bigfoot, not about necessarily the sponsor. Right. So, but we, we got to pay some bills. So, YouTubers, check it out. The guys and, and the fair warning for anybody that, that clicks on, on my channel. You know, if you click on it, it's probably not going to be about Bigfoot. It's probably like the last video I made was about lawnmower engine parts. So, so. Hey, that could be, I got a, I got a lawnmower uh -oh. I got to rebuild next spring. So that could be handy. There, there, there's Nick. Mick, welcome. Good to see you, bud. I was getting something about in, you. Yeah, that was Funny. cool. She was rocking out. That's right. I thought he might have had some of his, uh, what was his mother-in-law's meatloaf for Thanksgiving? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffed the turkey with the meatloaf. Oh. oh. I love Mick meatloaf jokes. He's oh. hilarious. So, uh, yeah. Get that <laughs> off there. There we go. Back to the comments. Um, anywho, um, where were we? We were talking about so many different things. We were talking about behavior and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. Turducken, except for a yeah, meatloaf. Yeah. So would that, would a, that would probably be a turmucken. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> put the meatloaf in there. Turmucken. You know, I, I had thought, okay, now me being like, uh, from Kentucky and, you know, we don't do high society stuff here. I had thought a turducken was a joke, and it wasn't a real thing. But you oh, know, really? I, uh, through the magic of the internet, I learned that it is a real thing. People actually put a a, a duck inside of a turkey. <laughs> I, I saw some, I, can't I, saw some, I saw somebody do that, uh, and they had they brought their kids in before they cooked it, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it had a baby inside of it!" And the kids just oh, started yes. freaking out. I remember that video? Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then you know, not realizing that a turkey lays eggs, not live <laughs> birth. 
Yeah, oh, I wish I didn't show that when my kids, kids did that. Know. You can <laughs> yeah. poke Oreo cookies in there. They think that's, that's normal. It's the Oreo cookie bird. Where do you think they came from? <laughs> the birds. Wow, I, I've completely gone off the... <laughs> my, my, my train of thought is completely wrecked now. Uh, and uh, Chris actually <laughs> says... Or Mick actually says that, Chris, yeah. my, ex's, my ex's mother has a meatloaf that's older than the Patterson Gimlin <laughs> film. <laughs> Got to be mummified by now. Kill me, mate. <sighs> now there's a chicken involved, too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Gosh, I I hate to uh, type that in looking for, but the, I found out that you know after doing some searching that the turducken was a real thing. People actually do. Pa Patty, hey, there's Patty in with a joke. All right, I thought it was a turtle yeah. stuff with a duck. Yeah, why not? yeah. I think I think it was John Madden. I, I may be wrong about this. I think it was John Madden who did it on Thursday Night Football. He would always do a turducken to the winner, uh, which made it. Famous, but I don't know if he's the one who created that or just made it popular for people to uh, make one. So I know it, it kind of spawned from there. I remember watching that back in the day. And, uh, it looked good. I've never eaten one. Well, you know, I've actually I've eaten duck, but uh, I don't think I I wasn't a big fan of it. It's like mostly I like mostly white meat, and duck is dark meat. I just want to know who came up with that. It's like, hey, guys, let's do this, man. They must have been, like, really high or something. Like, I got it, guys. We're going to get a chicken or a turkey or a duck, and we're going to put it in the other one, and then we're going to cook it. Oh, man. I don't know. You got to be really high to come up with something like that. So, Turducken's true origin is unknown, but it's widely believed that Louisiana chef Paul Prudhomme invented this extravagant dish in the 70s or 80s. He trademarked the name in 1986 and served it at his restaurant. Oh, I, I just heard about this a few years ago. Yeah. So J. Paul's yeah. Louisiana Kitchen. Yeah, well, I think that's where John Madden probably got it or made it popular because he would he would make one and have one ready for the football team that won on Thursday, on Thanksgiving so, Thursday. We, we've turned into a cooking show now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Jay Birch has a cooking Bigfoot show that uh, that's really good. That's actually one of the guys I went down there, and uh, he cooked us some good food when he uh, showed us his encounter area. And uh, Yeah, it's good, good food. So, question, what, what is the, the most interesting dish you've had while on a Sasquatch expedition? Uh most interesting dish uh well the most elaborate was the stuff with jay because usually i'm just like i just got like a can of soup or something that i just throw on a campfire or whatever or, we gotta, we gotta you get know, jay I, on the show we gotta get oh jay you do man you do cook bigfoot and cooking that's you know my passion and you know you look at bennett and me we we don't look like we've missed many meals i missed that oh <laughs> man he would love to be on he would love yeah. to be on he's a he's a great person to have on he's, he's got uh uh you know a really cool encounter story and and like i said i've been to his his uh encounter site and if you go on to his his youtube channel uh big bigfoot barbecue and cookbook camping cookbook right. uh it's uh he has all the dishes that he's made actually steve from curious cryptid uh was in one of the episodes as well when he went down there to go visit with jay and that's what he does is he just uh he makes you know he's such an amazing host and he, he he's such an amazing cook that far better than anything I could do. And uh, it just brings you, brings you out there and, and cooks for you. And we had such an amazing time. I brought my girlfriend down with me and and uh, we just yep. chowed down on food. It was great. But yeah, I definitely have them on. That would be a great show. 
there you go. It's really hard to like remember all the different names, like Joe's man. I don't even attempt it. I'm like, yeah, it's Joe's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Agnolfi, and we've had him on the the radio show years ago. Uh, remember Chuck, Chris? Yes. He is a chef by trade. Yes. And he did this incredible campfire chili (laughs) that I use at home because it's so quick and easy. And his, and I'm sorry, I'm going to give away the trade secret. So he would brown some meat off in, in, in little olive oil in in the bottom of this big, you'd get the, the, basically a turkey fryer pot, throw it down there, get the heater going, put some oil in it, olive oil, brown the meat off. And then put the, the, the chili seasoning in and brown the meat off. And then he would throw in you know, like a few cans of beans. And then he would throw in three jars of salsa. And the salsa was the base. Yeah. Instead of having to cut up vegetables and dice up all these different vegetables and spice and all that. And he would use the salsa as a base. Because essentially, he said, the salsa is all the same ingredients that's in a chili. Yeah. And my God, it was wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Made in like 15 minutes. Boom. You got hot, and steaming hot pot of chili. I remember the, the, the Chuck said that, uh, the, that, and Chuck, I remember this from the show that it and was that's hilarious. Right. Yeah. During Chuck's the, chili is so good. It brings in all the animals. That it does. <laughs> during the, uh, during the outing they were at, there was some debate on whether, what was the difference between soup nope. and stew <laughs> because chuck was making his a little thicker i think and they said oh no this is not this is stew this is not. <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is it's the consistency like i guess that's how you tell the difference i don't know and of course there's hot sauce too we got to put some you know tabasco in our hot sauce and whoo that was some good stuff too and okay. i i make stuff. that every once in a while here at home i'll get some beef and just do it in a pot and just boom stop. Stop talking about food. (laughs) (laughs) Once we get on the topic of food, we can't get off it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I definitely have Jay on. Jay on, because he he, he makes some great dishes that are like, wow, dude, how'd you do that? Uh, You know, it's just, uh, it'd be a great guest for you guys. Absolutely. So getting back to our wonderful uh, lecture about and conversation about the Sasquatch, Ah. um, so what what would you say was the most interesting story you've heard? I mean, what, interesting. What are some of the, yeah, I mean, what, what is de- you know, if you can give away some details of it, you know, the best one you've heard, the most authentic one, be for any other reasons. Yeah, you know, I, I really like Jay's story. Uh, you know, just seeing the place, going there, it's it's really authentic, and uh, you know, my bullshit meter is pretty decent nowadays. It's I developed it to be pretty good, and you know, he's just one of the more reliable people out there. And uh, I'm not going to give away a story or anything, but it, it's a, uh, it's one that's, you know, that's worth listening to. And I uh, definitely go on his video or on his channel to go check out the video of him taking us around to, sh- to see where these, uh, these uh, different things happen. Uh, yeah. But for me personally, the uh, like Bigfoot activity, I mean, I, I would knock with something back and forth in the, in the, in the forest. I mean, I don't know, could have been, a human, not very likely, uh, because I kept going out to this area, it's such a high interest area. And every time I got out of the car, there's always a single wood knock, right? Single wood knock. And it's like, wow, that's all that would happen. Just a single wood knock the entire day. And, and, uh, so I finally took some friends back <laughs> out there saying, Hey, 
yeah, I, I come out here and uh, it's a single wood knock every time. And we get out there, we open the car door, not a single wood knock, nothing like uh, figures, you know, yeah. figures. Mm-hmm. One time I bring somebody out here because I obviously wasn't recording <laughs> it at the time. One time I bring somebody out here, you know, nothing happened. And then so yeah. we just kind of hang out there for a little bit. And uh, so uh, I, I go knock on a knock on a tree and there was a response back. And uh, so uh, I would knocked with this while these other people were watching, wouldn't knocked with this thing back and forth out in the forest. And it's a, it's an area where we've been shadowed before, where, you know, I think if Bigfoot is going to be, it's one of the more likely places that they are. Uh, but that was one of the, the coolest uh, personal experiences that I've had. <coughs> so anyway, you know, in the I chat, I put, I put Brent's channel in the chat so everybody can visit that as well. Um. Yeah, so, it, yeah. The, ball, a, the podcast a, listeners is the tall ones yeah. on YouTube, the tall ones channel. Yeah, it's I don't. I, yeah, it's just it's I don't know what kind of channel it is. It's just something that's just whatever kind of I'm doing. It's I, I try to do like tag along videos because I honestly I don't know I don't really have much to offer the Bigfoot community other than you know whatever. But so I try to like highlight other people on stuff that they're doing or you know just to make something interesting so I don't have to like feel like I have to produce something that's Bigfoot uh, related. Like, oh my gosh, look at this little tree wobbling over here. It's definitely a Bigfoot, you know? Well, you know uh, don't, uh, don't, don't sell yourself short there, Brent. You're, you're, you're putting forth uh, a good educational information and there's nothing wrong with educating the public. Yeah, and, that's, that's, that's more what I, I would probably gear yeah. the channel towards is more education to show people my journey on it. So maybe they can learn from my journey so they don't make the same mistakes that I do. And uh, because I don't think I'm going to be the one to blow this thing wide open. It's going to be somebody that we're going to be influencing, I think, coming down the road. And and those are the people that we should really give them the best tools, the best information, so they can go out and get the information that we need uh, right. to really not have this be debatable anymore. Uh, well, I, I am with you about what you said earlier about it's going to take somebody that goes out and stays in the woods in a hot area for like three weeks or a month or something months and on it, end yeah it's somebody that's gonna have to deal with being uncomfortable and no cable tv <laughs> uh to to bring home the real good evidence because you can't i mean i don't know there, there has been people that go out just on a day hike and like <gasps> you know they run across a bigfoot you know that's just mm-hmm. There's also been people that stand out and get struck by lightning too. You know, it, it could happen to you, but it's not likely. Uh, more than yeah. likely, you're going to have to be spending a lot of time out there. Well, if- that's what I've done. I spent a lot of time out there, like literally yeah. going areas yeah. where people don't go for decades. I mean, yeah. you can check it out. I'm there bushwhacking and and just yeah. trying to get to areas where you think you're going to run into one and stuff. Right. And uh, hoping that you will and i so far i mean we've come across interesting stuff but nothing uh yeah clear cut because like you guys said you're never going to sneak up on one so don't even right. bother trying you know it's just best yeah. to go out there and present yourself as you are and let them interpret your actions uh on yeah. you know themselves I think it's and a good idea to so be entertaining yeah. you know there's a tall ones <laughs> channel out there on on the page i've also put a link in the description below for those who are visiting us in uh after the show so that's all been done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the last video I have is the museum. I did a live stream from that Skagit uh, Bigfoot right. Museum, which is a really good one. I encourage any local people to head up there. It's uh, it's in uh, Bellingham, uh, Washington, right. or Burlington, Washington. 
uh, you know, it's just a really cool place. The guy has so much stuff, a lot of good information. And uh, I'm going to go out and big footing with him, uh, you know, going forward uh, just cause we kind of, you know, explore the same general areas. Right. And uh, I see your, Oh, there's the food. <laughs> yeah. That's I, yeah. That's a little music video thing that I did for uh, uh, um, uh, when I went down to visit Jay and stuff. Cause his, oh, his encounters on his site, I gave it, I gave the video to him to, to, have it on his site and it's actually doing pretty well i think it's like almost sixteen thousand views on it hey this is a great video too <laughs> yeah i watched the, the video with jay it's got the background music i love that that's so yeah. it's so relaxing and you're showing the, oh uh, yeah the, yeah the, 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 the area you know the the, the woods and stuff. it's beautiful I, do, I love that yeah yeah well when i can't really figure out on putting something together that i think is entertaining i'll just do like a music video a collage of of the pictures and video that I have together and, uh, you know, just kind of present my, uh, that outing on that time, because I, I make videos not for evidence or anything, because I get people telling me quite often for many years now that they like the videos because of, I show the scenery. I, I show kind of where Bigfoot could be at, where they could be living right. and, and the, and all the, and, you know, I come across some amazing stuff. I mean, I come across a, a, a dumping ground for cars that was from like the thirties and forties and yeah. it's pretty much untouched. And it's like, it's amazing all the stuff that you can find out there. And, and I try to document it the best I can and present it in a way that might be uh, somewhat entertaining for people to watch. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely quite the journey on it. Yeah. From I love starting. That. Patty, uh, Patty has this nice thing to say about you. I'm new to this side of Bigfoot, but I learned a lot from Brent. He looks oh. into the story behind the stories and is very generous is sharing what he learned. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And Patty, I, I hope you're, you'll be new to this, this show as well. Um, we welcome you with open arms as we do everybody. And, uh, you know, we always live by the, by the five tenants is keep an open mind, but you know, keep it real, keep it real. Uh, those are the first two, basically always tell the truth. Number three, four responsibility, educate what you know and have learned and five expose the charlatans. So, and you know, the junk scientists, the junk science and the hoaxers, and that's what we do here. And uh, but if you take those first three, one, two, three, keep an open mind, keep it real and always tell the truth. You'll do just fine in this thing. And always remember your number one priority to have when you're out in the woods is to have fun. It's mm -hmm. not fun. Uh, and I tell this to my group all the time. We're not out here to your priority. Number one is to have fun, not to get evidence, not to, you know, we have an experience. Marvelous. Great. We get evidence even better, but the whole objective is to enjoy the company with one another, enjoy ourselves, enjoy our time spent with one another, because life on this planet is far too short. Far too that's, short. That's incre incredibly insightful, insightful that I have <clears throat> learned, you know, over the course of the last year, how true that statement is. Uh, you know, this is a fun subject. It's a great subject, but it's so much better sharing it with people that you know, that you could share it with that are like-minded people that will go on that journey with you and stuff. This it enriches the subject so much more. And, you know, it's just a, a really big aspect of it that I didn't really realize until, you know, recently, but it's, it's well, very true because it's, I, I'd rather do it with people than by myself. And Brent, I'm glad to call you a friend. I, I enjoy oh, you too, man. listening to you and talking and having fun with you. And, you know, and we've been in a lot of shows and chats and after chats together and uh we have quite a nice collective of shows going on 
amongst all of us. God, I think it's growing too. There's like 10 of us now, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I I think this whole, uh, this whole networking that we're doing is really great. Uh, You know, that's, that's one of my goals is just to help grow it as big as I, as it can go and bring in people that I think are really good, high quality people. Like, uh, you know, Cornell was one of the last people that got brought in and, yeah, Cornell, Dave with Bigfoot and more and stuff. Uh, you know, these are some really good people that to bring into the conversation. It's just so much. Uh, it's just so nice running across them and like, wow, you know, these diamonds in the roughs. Here you are, and it's like I never even heard of you until you know I ran across you. And I like to to get those people back to more. And, and I gotta say, in. I mean, I have been in this now since '98, and the the blogging and the show started about 2006. And I think for the last couple of years, and Chris, you, you, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, is that, you know, the last few years, there's been a big void. It's just kind of like we've been out there. And then all of a sudden, shows like Squatch Talk and, the, you know, the Tall Ones channel and Harry Man Hoodwinks and Hoaxes and, you know, uh, Justin Trepensky's uh, Mountain Beast Mysteries comes out and stuff like that and and Bigfoot Okanagan and and all these channels and something to Sasquatch about and and uh, the, the the No Such Thing podcast and stuff and stuff like that is finally starting to bring real Sasquatch research, real events, real analysis to the right. table again. And I'm you know it's kind of like I feel I feel good about it because. Um, it's the right direction. It's the right direction, and it's been so long since I've had like-minded individuals out here trying to put stuff out. Not a channel like NVTV or, you know, these shows that that put a lot of stories up or videos up, but no fact or, you know, no fact or, or, or science behind it. So, well, you know, we should all be thanking you for keeping the light on for us all to catch up to you uh, with, uh, you know, taking the leap of because I could tell you right now, people do not like uh, when someone is exposed as a liar or a hoaxer. It's incredible how the Bigfoot community will enable a liar and a hoaxer and the uh, the attack that they'll do on the person that is calling out that liar and a hoaxer is amazing. So I, and I'm sure that you've cl- You've received a lot of that. You know, I've re- I received some of it, but on um, some of that type of stuff, but I'm sure you received a lot of it, especially going years back, because I think a lot of us are agreeing that this these type of conversations weren't being had, you know, a couple of years ago or so. I mean, you were, it was still taboo where you get you were lit up and like basically ran out of the whole uh, community if you kind of spoke up and and had that. So, I mean, thank you for keeping your standards and not letting them run you out because it's the work that you've done and, and a bunch of other people that has helped us get to this point. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a group effort and I really am enjoying where we're going with this. And I just highly encourage everybody to keep it going. And I caught, uh, and and Joe, you too, man, you too. We we didn't forget. That's right. I caught Sean's show of uh, something to Sasquatch about the other night. And, and he was uh, reminding everybody, he brought this up. There was a, a new picture of an old, hoax floating around where somebody had taken uh, and took a, a photo with their phone off their monitor or something and said, Oh yeah, this is uh this is something new in, in New York, you know. And uh, he he was he was he had a good show and he pointed out, look, this is this has already been discussed. They're bringing up uh, old stuff from uh what was that guy's name? Uh, 
uh, uh, yeah, the Randall. Hey, Hart it's stuff. Matt Knapp in the house. And uh, you know, Where I really enjoyed that show. Hey, Matt. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Actually, Sean, Sean is a really smart guy that you should probably have on here because uh, he knows stuff that's like I, you know, I feel I'm somewhat educated in this subject, but he knows stuff that's like I didn't even know that he like. I'm like, hey, man, you should probably have this guy on your show. And he's like, uh, no, that guy's a hoaxer. And I'm like, oh. And he tells me why. And it's like, oh, I see. <laughs> yes, you know, so he's a really good guy. <laughs> you, you don't know how good that made me feel to see somebody, another show talking about, hey, this is a hoax. This is, you know, this is already busted a long time ago. Uh, just, you know, disregard this. <laughs> yeah, well, no, something to Sasquatch about it said, Steve Wright, remember Randall Hart? Yes, good old Beacon Bigfoot. Sure do. Beacon, yeah. Yeah, but no, he, he's a wealth of knowledge, too, to, to really kind of help show uh, what some of these shenanigans are going on. And, you know, these, right. again, these conversations weren't being had, you know, as little as a couple of years ago. So right. the fact that they're being had now and this information that was basically uh, censored for the public is now getting more <laughs> access to it because these conversations are being allowed to have happen more. Yeah. So it's, I, it's a really I, good thing. I still love Matt's comment, though. We can't run Steve out. He won't leave. <laughs> 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 oh, I said it for the long haul, guys. Oh, and, 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 and uh, that's Central Florida in the house too. Hello, Mike, uh, Matt. Welcome. Matt, Central Florida Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean Matt's another good guy. I mean, uh, uh, with Mike also Tactical Bigfoot. Uh, man, there is some really good guys that are, are you know coming apart, uh, coming to this group here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, and that's right, Patty. I agree 1000%. She made it all we can still believe without the BS out there. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. 6'2, Matt. Yeah, 6'2. How tall is the tall one? Well, that's pretty friggin' tall. Way tall. I'm going to be looking up to you. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm tall. It's kind of funny. I show oh, up. Yeah. I thought you were taller. Last night, Jack, no. <laughs> My son, he's he's 14 years old, and he's almost taller than me. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. It's like, bang. Well, my, my son is six foot tall. He's taller than me. I am 5'10", so. Yep, I'm not. I'm, I'm wide. <laughs> I'm wide. I have 48-inch shoulders, <laughs> so I'm pretty wide. Um Wow. So, uh, Renaissance, oh, yeah, yeah, Curious Crypto, the Renaissance is coming with all these little facts that yours. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that is true, and it's good to see Matt in, in the chat as well uh, from Central Florida Bigfoot. Check out his channel as well. Um, you know, it, it's it's truly amazing to me that we have, all of us haven't gotten disgusted and quit. <laughs> we keep fighting. Uh, it's been close. Fight. We've been close. I'm sure all of us have been close. To walking away, you know, uh, from this subject. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, hey, what, you know think... what, it's not, it's not worth it. it it's that's right. Hey, you know what? I, I think you're right there, uh, Pat. He's there's a network now. It Absolutely, is a network. yes, there's a network, and you know, as far I have never been close to quitting. Uh, for whatever reason. In in 2006, when I staked out SquatchDetective.com, that was it. I am not never turning back. I'm going forward. And there's been times when I've taken time off. 
yes, I took time off when a divorce happened. I took time off when tragedy happened. Um, you know, I'll take time off when I need to. We took a couple of months off this year because things were just busy for me with work. Um, I'm sure that's going to happen next summer as well. There'll be a period of time where we're out for it. So what we'll try to do is do some replays or maybe I some. Like to, I like to take a year off between heart attacks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't give you the, I didn't give you the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had about a year, I had a yeah. year, about a year to recover there. Yeah. So we were off for about a year, but then we, we transitioned to StreamYard, which was We started back on blog talk, transitioned to StreamYard. And we haven't left since we've been, with the exception of maybe a couple of months because I had some work obligations. Uh, that was, you know, a lot of the work obligations were Sundays overnights. So that made it a little difficult. So we may have to do a, a pre-upload or something like that going forward. But those are problems we don't have to worry about for months yet to come. So um, it's just, it's really a great uh it's really a great experience and don't get burned out. You know, you start to burn out, take some time off. You'll come back. Something will, something inevitably pisses me off or gets my interest going and it makes me unburn out real quick. <laughs> Chris yeah. is laughing because he knows. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the, thing, the thing I'll always love, though, is that I'll never get burned out is, is going out and, and enjoying nature, being out there in the woods and doesn't have to have Bigfoot involved. Uh, but that's something that I'll, I'll, I'll always love, but yeah, getting that burned out of, of the people and, and just the constant, you know, sometimes failures that you will get when <laughs> investigating this subject, you know, or, you know, it's just, it can get frustrating. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough journey, but I feel very good. Like I feel really good about where everything's going now because we don't have to deal with, you know, not being able to say the stuff that we want to say and, and point out the things that we need to point out. Uh, because like again, we never had that, you know, as little as a couple of years ago. Yep. Exactly. I don't know what changed either. I, I think people are just kind of maybe it was when finding Bigfoot kind of ended, and people just like you say there's that void, and people are like, you know, we're we're not going to accept bullcrap anymore because it seems like internet detectives have really become a thing where people are investigating stuff themselves. Amateur detectives going online and. And, you know, we've seen it with uh, Don't F with Cats and stuff, how people. Oh, that uh, was online, amazing. That, that yeah. Yeah. An online community is, is working yeah. together to help bring somebody to justice. And I feel that that's what's happening now is yeah. an and, online and, community together is, is vetting out evidence and stuff. Yep. And for and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of smokers in the Bigfoot community. Yes, that's there right. are. Uh, hey, of course, from, you from know, Kentucky uh, support our state by cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but but the interesting no, thing is, is the first thing people will notice is that in America, smoking had gotten kind of stigmatized uh, in Europe. Most people smoke in Europe and, and in Asia, believe it or not. Yeah. It, it, more people, you know, unlike here where, you know, it's stigmatized a bit, but. Nonetheless, uh, I remember yes, that's something that I, I, I disagree with. Like, uh, OK, I understand that people may not want to be smoking in restaurants and stuff. But can you imagine, you know, putting turning it around and having the smokers uh, be vindictive to people that don't smoke? Like, uh, you know, if somebody's sitting at a restaurant eating in their meal, and they're saying, those people are smoking over there. I don't want those people to smoke. Of course, most restaurants you can't smoke now. Well, um, yeah, there used to can be you imagine the, the smoker sitting around at a table after a meal smoking a cigarette saying, 
hey, those people are eating over there. I don't want them eating around me smoking. Yeah. Move them. <laughs> yeah. But I remember days when I first started going to work back when I was a teen back in the early 80s or actually mid 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, people were I, I started my, my career in a supermarket and people yeah. would smoke in the supermarket. Yeah, not it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. You know, of course, there are people and, and we need to respect those rights. And I wasn't That's a smoker right. at the time, though. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was a, a little bit of a pain. So I always try to be respectful. This is my domain. So I'm having fun. Uh, anyway, and if I could quit, I quit. Every once in a while, you'll see me get off cigarettes and I'll vape for a while. Yes. And Public I, service I, message. Don't smoke cigarettes. Because yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I never got started. I never got started. I didn't get started till yeah. late in life. So. But anyway, again, we're off the Bigfoot topic because come on, oh, man, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I got a question for Brent. I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot, Brent, because I know you said you, earlier you were starting to study uh, the the things that were edible around in your area. But just out of curiosity, what what's your ideas? You know, and just do a little brainstorm here. What do you think some of the things are they could be living on in your area for food-wise? Like uh, a deer, uh, do you think they eat a lot of meat? Or Oh, uh, yeah, I think all the way from like lichen to slugs to mushrooms to uh, small rodents to grouse to deer. Uh, you know, I, I think with hunting animals and stuff, I think they might have to be more selective as to not over... over um, over harvest you know the deer right. and whatnot yeah. um but with, with yeah so I, I think that they have a big smorgasbord of of all those type of things and uh you know i think hunt, hunting it would probably be pretty easy for them because i think <clears throat> instead of chasing them down i think that they just probably throw a, a big rock at their head at the deer yeah. head you know from like 50 yards and uh boom easy meal don't have to chase well, them down or anything yeah, I I, I kind of I'm kind of with you on that. I think they probably could do some hunting, uh, uh, but I think largely they live on plants and stuff, plant materials. Yeah, uh, fish. Uh, yeah, I mean that's definitely very abundant and a lot of different options. That's something that I really want to get into. Uh, you know, going forward is really learning in this area all the different uh, foliage that they could consume that would be beneficial for them health wise right. as far as giving them the nutrients. Uh, to, to survive and stuff. Cause there's a lot of different options here. Like the, that I don't even know about, you know, I watched like a show like alone or naked and afraid. And you see all right. these different things that are edible, that, that are options. It's like, well, geez, Bigfoot can easily eat that. And so there's a lot of different options. Like with meat, you can actually ferment meat to store it for a long period of time. So you don't have to worry about it rotting, rotting out and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Also, yeah a, lot, a lot of great, a lot of great comments in the chat. Yeah. Um, uh alan they follow the deer down the snow line i believe that. uh smedley do right hey smedley good to see you again smedley. uh they eat grass and twigs sometimes uh, uh yeah i mean yeah steve says slugs with a pan of salt <laughs> yeah i mean we have these really big banana slugs like geez if you step on one man you're gonna slip and fall because they're just so big but yeah, man, you, you got to figure, I, I forgot what the calorie intake of just one particular banana slug was, but it's like, well, there's a good food source for you and, and add in uh, mushrooms because there's a lot of uh, edible mushrooms here that oh. they can consume and, uh, you know, cachet possibly and, yeah. you know, kind of there you go, nuts and 
everything. If I, if I had to live uh-oh, in slow, uh-oh, so uh-oh, I would. Uh-oh. So, uh, Naked and Afraid will happen in the woods in March. And I do know a couple of folks from Naked and Afraid. Coin says, Naked and Afraid, not real. Wrong. Uh, it's actually, uh, I've actually had the opportunity to talk to a couple of them. It's very real. Um, Me and my girlfriend binge-watched every single episode over the course of a month or so. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, real. it's, it's very real. Uh, they're they're uh, getting mosquito bites on their junk, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's uh, ticks and stuff. Yeah. I would hate that. Yeah, it's like, and, I, and I've talked to Brent and Melanie, and uh, great people, very interesting. Brent, Brent, uh, from Naked Afraid has actually had a, an experience with a uh, with one of our hairy friends. So, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I had a chance to meet them at the uh, uh, Rochester Winter Parafest uh, a couple of years back. And uh, what a great time that was with them. And uh, definitely got to uh, um, uh, definitely have to uh, get them on the show at some point in time as well. Um, well yeah. Uh, and, and but what's not heavily produced doesn't necessarily mean it's fake. Yeah. It's a contest. So it just and, like, uh, you know, if you look at uh, Survivor Man, that's heavily produced too. Every show is heavily produced. Yeah, I mean, it's all yeah, heavily it's produced. It's just uh, there's more realism in that than versus a Bears Grill episode. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I couldn't be on that naked and afraid. Uh, for one thing, you know, I don't want anybody seeing me naked. That'd be terrible. But another thing, uh, um, you know, I, if the if there's a camera crew there close by. You know, I'd probably be walking over there. Hey, dudes, you know, somebody, somebody's got to have a candy bar. Give it up. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about each other. Come on, man. It's the bite. But I, I don't think I would gain much weight if I lived on a diet of slugs. Uh, probably. Yeah. Really much. They can get really slimy, too. I can't imagine being very good, but they're very abundant here. Uh, like, I remember I was out exploring one time. And I just literally came across a whole little field of slugs it's like you're like tiptoeing trying to like <laughs> walk through there and stuff trying not to right. step on them and stuff yeah. but it, it, it's just a, a food source hey if they're hungry and used to it then it's something they could probably eat imagine well, if i got naked everyone would definitely be afraid <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I have a i have a famous story you know uh you, you know uh you know, my, my, my ex-wife, she was afraid of the dark. She saw me naked, and then she became afraid of the light. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, Dr. Jeff Meldrum years ago theorized that Bigfoot, uh, he suggested uh, the possibility that the, the Sasquatch may have an extended gut. And, you know, that brought back, you know, the old biology days. Ding, ding, ding. You know, hey, <laughs> if... Uh, if something has an extended gut, a, a, lo- a long gut, uh, they could actually eat things like grass and bark, and uh, they would draw more nutrition from it than you and I would. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if we were in the woods eating tree bark, uh, we might get kind of scrawny, okay? But uh, they can actually retain that, and 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 uh, their body uh, uh, draw every last nutrition out from it. Uh, before it passes, you know, whereas we well, we couldn't. Yeah, some animals will actually eat their scat again just to reabsorb those nutrients too. It's actually quite common in the animal kingdom, so it could be a possibility for Bigfoot as well. And maybe so, why we don't find it. There's reports 
if you look at back at some of the uh, the stuff like the Albert Osman, uh, which you know it may be real, maybe not. Some of the observations he had were I really liked. Uh, he talked mm -hmm. about eating the long grass roots and stuff, and I'm thinking, hey man, that that sounds right. Uh, uh, gorillas love to do that. Chimpanzees love to do that. Uh, that's very that's a very primate uh, observation. And if he mm -hmm. made it up, well, good for him. Yeah. But uh, if he did, he, he had, had to have a little knowledge of primate. Uh, Life primate. as a Flyway has said, I've been noticing woodknocks accompanied with deer. Hmm. Now, is it possible that a deer with a rack could be causing those tree knocks? Uh, the ones I've personally heard, uh, absolutely not. The ones I heard is a, it's like a home run being hit. It's a yeah. dead giveaway. It's not a, it's not a woodpecker. It's not anything else. Yeah. It has to be, it's not a tree hitting another tree uh, randomly. It's not, uh, and the areas that I go, I try to go as remote as possible that I get to within a given day just to avoid human contamination as much. So it's usually one road in, one road out to where I go and it's miles long. And, uh, you know, I feel confident that what we experienced that day was not anything. It wasn't a human, but I can't say it was a Bigfoot because I didn't see it. I just don't feel it was a human because there was no other humans out there. And, uh, not that they haven't been out there in, over the years, but it's just this area, it's so remote. It's so, there's no reason for people to go back there. There's no hikes. There's no beautiful vistas to go look at, no waterfalls. It's just, it's just dark and scary and overgrown. It's like a jungle. It's a little, literally a jungle back there. Yeah. High five chaser. He said, have you seen the Bigfoot clip from Tim Wells hunting YouTube channel? Well, welcome. High five chaser. Good to see you here. Yeah, oh. unfortunately, uh, not real. Was that the uh, bow hunting? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a setup. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sure was. Well, um, I think if you do more research in that, it, it actually talks about uh, there's stories of talking about him being like a, a prankster or, <coughs> or something yeah. like and, that. Uh, Welcome, High Five Chaser. I don't think I've seen you in chat before, but if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. We love to have you in here and uh, listening to the good word. Yeah. First time I've seen that name. Yep. So it's good to see new people. Love to see new faces in here. So while uh, we are wrapping up the show, um, Brent, what's your next projects up? You have any uh, projects coming up? Uh, uh, it's okay to nothing. say no. Yeah, not, I, nothing. I mean, I have a lot of projects I want to do, but it doesn't mean I'm going to because it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of work sometimes, but. Yeah, uh, no real major project. Uh, I mean, it's been raining here literally for like two months straight. Like literally, it's it's insanely stupid how much it's raining right now. It's it's so over the norm that uh, I can't handle it. You know, so it's it's really hard to get out in the woods to do anything and stuff. Uh, but hopefully, well, weather, I'll get out and do something soon. Weather is a huge contender. I mean. I, I've said this, people wonder why I don't get out there in the winter. A lot of my areas are, uh, they, the roads are, you know, impassable during the wintertime. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's really dangerous here, too, because we have a lot of landslides and stuff. I Actually, I, I live not too far from the world's, uh, or the uh, America's worst landslide that happened back in 2014 uh, wow. that uh, killed 52 people. It's just it's just a big part of the mountain just fell and uh, wiped out a, a uh a highway and it wiped it that with people were driving on there and it wiped out a uh, 
uh, a little community that was there uh, just in a matter of seconds. And you could still, it's something I have to drive by pretty much every time I go out to the woods, just mm. that reminder, the power of yeah. nature and how you should respect uh, nature because it's always constantly uh, coming down on us. Right. Yeah. So, wow. Well, Brent, we want to thank you for coming on tonight. It's been a great time. Time flies. I mean, three minutes, yeah. a couple of minutes left to show. Um, no, I want yeah, to thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's, it was a good conversation and I enjoy I'm going to look forward to the, to the next uh, group of people that you bring on because I think it's going to help carry that conversation on even further. Sure is. Chris, your final words for the evening, sir. Uh, just again, I want to thank Brent for coming on. Always in, enjoyed having you on the show, man. I really appreciate your insight and I like where you're coming from. Uh, I want to thank our, our listeners, the live listeners and, and everybody in chat. Well, we appreciate having you guys. I always said, and I'll always continue to believe we have the best listeners, best viewers, and the smartest people in chat of our show. I mean, you guys are great. We appreciate having you. Thank you for spending some time with us. If uh, you're watching on YouTube, if this is the first time watching, uh, you know, give us a like, give us a share, subscribe. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Uh, we don't uh, do any paid advertisement stuff. We count on the algorithm. So, yep. you know. Uh, oh, well, uh, you guys were supposed to be paying me $1,000 for the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're trying to build a channel. How, uh, how would you, know. you like that? By check, money order, Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, oh, that was the same line of questioning I did Thanksgiving. <laughs> you can make money in this subject, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you have a camera. You know, and, and that was the funny thing on that one. Now that I'm thinking about it, we didn't even get the questions. Well, what kind of camera did you use? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there were so many questions I had, but he dipped out too early, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But, he scared but, him. Uh, and, yeah, guys, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. Appreciate it. It helps us with the algorithm. It helps us with the search engines. So it uh, does a lot for us. And uh, guys, we'll be here next Sunday night. Of course, we have the greatest audience. For those listening on our uh, affiliate channels there, uh, on, we'll be dropping this probably tomorrow morning oh. on uh, Amazon Music, Audible, you know, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Anchor, yeah. CastBox, Stitcher, you know, all the other places, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those. You guys are listening over there, listening to the audio broadcast. Come on over to SquatchDTV.com. It takes you right to the YouTube channel, and you can see what you're listening to yes. in person. We appreciate and if you're our listening, podcast. And listeners. if you're listening to us on podcast and you have the opportunity to swing by and visit us live, we'd love to hear from you. Come on in the chat. Say, hey, I'm usually a podcast listener. Figure I'd stop in and say hello. We'd appreciate and give you some love back. So, folks, uh, again, have a great week, safe week. Be well, be happy, and God bless. And, of course, keep on squatching. We'll catch you here all next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, SquatchDTV.com. Catch you later. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.